0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell. He went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, There is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for the sake, for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As many of you know, I'm from Wisconsin, and so of course I'm an obligatory Packers fan. And I can remember from the very beginning. One of my earliest memories is watching the Green Bay Packers with my dad uh, and with my family as well. But I especially remember that from very young age. That's what we did, right? On Sunday, uh, you know, um, that's that's what I remember. I really remember enjoying that. Now, my my memory of Mass at that age is remembering being in the pew and people going up to, you know, to do something at communion time. And I was like, yes, Mass is at least halfway over. So this is kind of, you know, the two different experiences, right? Uh, As I continued to get older, I I loved football more, uh, even though that I was so bad in third and fourth grade that I could barely catch a pass, Uh, I still loved it and I got better and I spent more time at it and I love football so much that my parents had kind of set the standard for my older brothers that they couldn't play tackle football until sixth grade, but I begged my parents so much that they allowed me to play in fifth grade, right? Uh, and I loved it. I loved tackle football, and I got into it in in junior high and in high school. I started to be more committed to it, and so I actually, you know, did the thing where you you know during the summer you, you've got the summer camps, you've got the extra workouts. You spend you wake up early to go to the gym uh, and uh, weightlift as well as speed training, and then during the school year, I would wake up and go at least an hour early. You know, catch a, a ride, you know, before the sun has even come up and, and go at 630 in the morning to be able to get a workout in before school so that then I could work out and either have football or wrestling or track practice, you know, after school. But I needed to get that in and, and I was dedicated to it. It wasn't just uh, football that I was dedicated to as well, it was also wrestling. And uh, I spent a huge amount of time in wrestling. Uh, Trying to get better, but it also wrestling includes a lot of other things as well, right? Uh, It's not just the intense workouts and just being exhausted, but then also the weight management. And so cutting and, and not eating food, right, in order to be able to make weight or not even drinking water and kind of depriving yourself in that way to be able to make it. And I enjoyed it, Right. It was, it was a challenge, and it was something to be pursued. I didn't have any uh, thoughts that I was going to go professional, but I, I enjoyed it, and I had a commitment to the team, I had a commitment to myself, and I wanted to be able to do the best that I could. And so I spent all that time on it. Now, put that in the contrast with what I thought or how much time I put into religion, right? Uh, I complained about having to go to CCD, right? Oh, it's such a waste. I've got to go for one hour on Sunday. My parents always had us go to 7.30 a.m. mass. And I was like, oh, you've got to wake up so early in the morning, even though that I would wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning in order to go to a wrestling tournament and spend all day Saturday for a wrestling tournament, right? I would cut weight in order to be able to make wrestling, but then when the two times out of the year that we have to fast... On Good Friday and Ash Wednesday, I would be complaining and think that this was so incredibly difficult. Well, why, right? For the most part, religion is way easier, right? Show up for one hour on Sunday, right? Take a little bit of classes. Fast only two times out of the year, right? Uh, From meat on other Fridays. Why is there that huge difference? I think a lot of the time, because we always uh, make time and we can do a lot more than what we think if we think that it's worth it. If we think that it's important, it's amazing what we can do and accomplish and work for. But if we don't think that it's important, then it's going to be pretty difficult. It's going to be pretty hard. And any sort of sacrifice that we have to make for things that aren't important are a huge inconvenience, right? But if we think that something's important, those little sacrifices of waking up early, of spending extra time, uh, you know, spending time away from even family and friends or giving up work in order to be able to go to practice or these other things, it seems like a, a small sacrifice, right, for the greater good. Well, why don't we have that for religion, right? Why don't we have that at times for the faith? Uh, there's this great book, uh, a classic, Imitation of Christ, and uh, one of the lines that always sticks out to me, and I think of this so often, and so it kind of goes back between the disciple and the voice of Christ. Uh, it was written in uh, a while ago, like the 1400, 13, 1400s, 13-1400s, um, so it's a little bit old at this point, but still relevant. And it says... Uh, this is this always sticks in my mind. The world, so this is Jesus speaking, kind of in this in this book, and says, "The world, which promises small and passing things, is served with great eagerness. I promise great and eternal things, and the hearts of men grow dull." Hmm. The world, which promises small and passing things, is served with great eagerness. I promise great and eternal things, and the hearts of men grow dull. I think that's so true um, for so much of our culture, right? God promises eternal life, right? He wants to give us things that will last forever, and yet we spend more time and place more importance on the small and passing things of this world. Now, again, I don't want to say sports are not important, right? Or, or that uh, they shouldn't be done. I think sports are incredibly important. I think they're incredibly formative and they're incredibly good and should be done, as well as hobbies and vacation and spending time with family. However, if those things ever take more importance than God, when push comes to shove and sports take the priority, or become more important, or even family becomes more important, then we have actually dethroned God and put something else up there. A lot of the time, we don't necessarily notice this unless we're absolutely confronted with it. Because a lot of the times, we kind of set a really low bar uh, with us, right? Kind of say, well, God loves you, so... Uh, You know, uh, no matter what, it it doesn't matter. Well, except for Jesus says that it's really hard to... uh, He talks about it, right? It's how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Especially for those who have wealth. And so we actually don't want to take kind of the easy road in terms of, well, it'll be just fine. But instead, I love this story of the rich young man because I think... It it, for me, I know it very much applies to my life. And in fact, I I got a painting of the rich young man, uh, one of the famous one of the famous there's quite a few paintings of the rich young man and actually had it framed and put in my uh, in my seminary in my room because I wanted to remember this. Right. Um, A lot of the times we apply the first standard uh, to our religious life. And Jesus kind of does that initially, right? The rich young man is excited, right? What must I do to inherit eternal life, right? I want eternal life. And so Jesus gives him the basics, right? Don't kill anybody, right? And i are like, all right, check. I didn't kill anybody. I'm good to go, right, for eternal life. However, there seems to be a sentiment in this rich young man that he knows that there's something more than just killing, not killing people, right? Because he... He's done all those things already. We hear, you know, he replied, Teacher, I have done all, I have observed all of these from my youth. So why did he run up to him? And why did he ask him? I think there's because there's something more. He realizes that there's something more than just avoiding sin. Something more than just offending God in these ways. What is he missing? Well, then, once Jesus knows that he's ready for more, or maybe he's not ready for more. He looks at him. I love this. Jesus looked at him, loved him, right? He saw him and loved him and said, go, you are lacking in one thing. What is that? Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. He was lacking one thing. He didn't have God. Is God in his life. He had placed possessions and his other pursuits over God. Yeah, he avoided sin, but he didn't place God as God. He didn't love God with his entire mind, heart, soul, and strength. He was placing possessions and other things. And it's sad. He, He says, at this statement, his face fell and he went away sad. For he had many possessions. How true for us as well, who are wealthy, right? Just by the fact of uh, being here overseas in the military. You might not be rich according to American standards, but you have many possessions. You're very rich by all accounts, uh, any historical account, any worldly account. And we have many possessions. And so how do we respond to that when we talk to God, right? When we come to God. We're very busy with many things, right? Our world is incredibly busy. And I know for my own life, I I sometimes get challenged in this. Maybe it's not possessions that are the things that I place before God, but maybe it's time or my other pursuits, right? And even I can sometimes place ministry over God as well. That's an interesting kind of thing that'll sometimes happen for a priest that will place ministry over even the relationship with God. And so what do I have to do? Well, whenever I try to make excuses and kind of say, well, I didn't have time to pray today. I have to look at myself and say, did I really not have time to pray today? Or did I place other things as more important? And I'd like to say, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, right? All of you are here at Sunday Mass, right? Making an effort. Absolutely. However, I know, even in my own life, and I know in your life as well, sometimes it's difficult to place God as number one, and make Him, right? That number one, and not place possessions or other pursuits uh, more important than God, and to actually love Him with your full mind, body, heart, and soul, and so I think one of the things that is sometimes most difficult is that daily prayer, that daily life of prayer. Now, hopefully, we all have some, you know, time that is to be able to do that. I think that a good estimate to work towards is a half an hour. A half an hour is relatively little in your whole day. Maybe all that you can do right now is five minutes. Great. Five minutes is awesome. Take those five minutes, right? Right. Can you say that you don't have five minutes in a day? Five minutes for God. And then hopefully after you establish something to try to build up, right? To work up and to be able to say that, God, you are the most important in my life. Other things, when push comes to shove, God, you win out, right? Now, there are many different ways in which we place other things as more important than God. And... Our vocation and our living in life uh, challenge us in many ways. I'd just like to give one kind of uh, uh, thing to, uh, to parents, right? Parents, you guys are pulled in so many different directions, right, with your kids. Well, thankfully, within the vocation of marriage and having children... Um, you're actually already get to love God in so many different ways with your children, right? You get to do the corporal works of mercy every single day, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, right? Uh, praying and, and sometimes correcting those who are, who are uh, sin- uh, sinners, right? Uh, w- there are many opportunities as parents to be able to live and love God, right? Both in your spouse as well as within your children. And so it's not as though we have to have our entire time closed away. Uh, We're not cloistered monks or nuns. And so this is not a, a discussion of how much time you spend with God versus your family or other things. What it is, is what do you place as more important? When push comes to shove, what is more important in your life? I know for myself, even as a priest, it's a constant battle it's a daily self-evaluation to not justify myself but to continue to hopefully not walk away from God with a sad face because of my many possessions my many wants or desires of the world but it's instead to respond like Peter who gave away all and followed Christ